In this part, we want to talk about language abstractions and system architectures. So um, let me first give you a bit of a landscape overview of ML systems. And you can see there's many out there. And of course, many more are developed all the time. And this is just like big data systems. I showed you these slides with many different kinds of systems. So there's lots and lots of variety, but uh, we can classify them to some extent. So on the one hand, we can classify machine learning systems by their language abstraction. So how do we interface with the system? So this can be linear algebra programs. So say for example, Mahout or System ML, um, they accept linear algebra programs. Then they could, it could be computation graphs and uh, algorithm libraries or operator libraries. So an algorithm library would give you, say, a regression algorithm uh, that you parameterize. An operator library would give you different kind of uh, machine learning operators. So say, for example, different kind of deep learning operators or different kind of deep learning, let's say, layers, for example. And um, so this is one level in order to uh, categorize those. Then on the other hand, we can categorize them by execution strategies. So we already talked about this. We can have a parameter server, um, model or data parallel. Um, we can have a task parallel um, constructs. We can have data parallel op operations. And um, furthermore, uh, we can think about the distribution. So many machine learning libraries are actually local, so single node, on, and then they will be executed on your CPU. So typical, if you just write your program in Python and do nothing special about it, then this will be executed on your CPU. Then there's hardware accelerators. So using GPUs, FPGAs, ASICs, and say GPUs being the most common one for machine learning these days. So even on your local node, if you have a good GPU or you have a GPU, then many libraries or systems can actually use some uh, or put some of the computation on the GPU. And then of course there's distributed setups where you have larger clusters, maybe again with accelerators, but then you can uh, do even more and larger data processing and data um, yeah, training. And finally, we can uh, differentiate uh, across data types. So what kind of data types do they use? Collections like Sparks, uh, Graph, like um, you know, Giraffe or systems like that, matrices, uh, like linear algebra programs typically do or systems do tensors like TensorFlow or frames, which are like these combined or mixed uh, type um, objects um, that you would have in let's say NumPy, for example. And uh, so with these four, uh, four categorizations, we can place these individual systems on, on different levels. And so one thing that we will look at is system ML, and this is a linear algebra program and supports task parallelism and data parallelism, but also a parameter server and has matrices as abstractions and can do uh, local um, hardware accelerator execution and also distributed execution using different kinds of subsystems. So we can see that actually systems can also fall into multiple of these categories. 
Then furthermore, uh, there are user-defined functions or user-defined function-based systems. So this is typically like libraries. And uh, so then um, our input would be a data type uh, or it would be a, a collection of, of the data type would be a collection uh, of cells, rows or blocks. And uh, then um, the, the optimizer and the loss uh, needs to be implemented by yourself or by some kind of UDF uh, abstraction. And so examples would be Spark MLib, uh, MLib um, that's a data parallel execution or some kind of in database management system analytics. So like Matlib. So this would mean um, we have uh, a database system and we have user defined functions that um, where we can do some kind of machine learning training. So here uh, we could say, okay, do this kind of linear regression, for example, on this table. And then it will use the uh, database execution engine to, to um, optimize the function that you specified. So an example would be a matrix uh, product. So we can directly specify this in, uh, in uh, SQL. So here, for example, you can see if we have two tables that actually are matrices, then uh, we, can, uh, we can compute the result um, by computing the, um, the result in the select or the, the multiplication in the select clause and iterating over both tables or both areas, actually. Uh, we can have some kind of a user-defined function uh, specified in the in the relational database system so here for example we call it the dot which would be the matrix multiplier and uh, we use both um, both tables and result the the dot uh, user defined function or we can have some kind of optimization using using a user defined um, aggregation so in this case we would have like rather than a, just a function. So a function usually just takes an individual row or a tuple and uh, does a computation there or, or some uh, like a combination of tuples, but uh, the user defined aggregation can stream through a whole uh, table, for example. So in this case, we could do an init, then um, using the table, then accumulate uh, the, the table merge something and do some kind of finalization. And with this, we can actually specify many different kinds of um, algorithms. Furthermore, we have the graph-based system. And I'll keep this short because you've learned about this in our last lecture. So we have large-scale graph processing. And uh, in this case, we natively represent the data as graph and so as, as nodes and edges. And how we store this, we learned, right? So, and then the question is, um, how do we process this? Do we process this using thinking like a vertex? So basically, um, we, our data is a collection of individual vertices and we're iterating over the, all of the vertices. And so basically for each vertex, we look at the edges and do some kind of computation on there. And then we do one hop at a time. So um, for each vertex, we can basically communicate to all of the neighboring uh, vertices over the edges. And in each iteration, we just do one communication to the next neighbor. Or we can do think like a graph, uh, which means rather than looking at each individual vertex, we can actually look at subgraphs. And this, of course, becomes much more efficient. But we need a good partitioning. So 
we do a proper subgraph partitioning and then we can com do computation already on the graph. We don't need as much communication between the uh, partitions um, if we have a good uh, partitioning. Then we have the linear algebra systems. And uh, so the linear algebra systems, um, yeah, do some rule-based and cost-based uh, rewrites and, and, and can do operator ordering. So in a linear algebra uh, system, we basically think about matrices and matrix multiplication and other kind of matrix operations. And um, then we can do just like in a database system, we can take the linear algebra program and do some rule-based optimization, then do some physical operator selection and some query compilation. And uh, we can have all kinds of operators like we have basic linear algebra operators like matrix multiply or uh, more specific machine learning operators and some control for and uh, dense and sparse formats in the, in the, in the data. So, and I mean, the simplest way is to interpretation. So here we have uh, an example. So this is like an R-like syntax in system ML. And, and you can see, so here in this example, we read into matrices or let's say a matrix in a vector. And then we, in, uh, we initialize some, um, some parameters do some pre-computation and then we do actually uh, yeah, some matrix multiplication, which is uh, already a solution to linear regression. And um, so here what we can we, 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 whoop, what we can do is we can do operation at a time, meaning the interpretation. So we look at each individual part step or each individual line step by step. And we can do some optimization here, meaning if we have in one line, we have some kind of computation, we can see how to execute this most efficiently. However, what we cannot do, we cannot look at multiple uh, lines at the same time. If we have lazy expression, we can look at multiple lines and see if it makes sense to somehow reorder this or to somehow combine this into um, like a, a fused operator or use a specific operators, fused operator for this. And then we can do compute program compilation where we have an optimization scope that goes across the whole program. And uh, in this case, we can look at optimizations that, yeah, look at the data types, for example, how um, based on, on the computations that will do how to change the data types in there and things like that. And uh, so examples for this are Apache system ML. So here you can see this is an R-like custom syntax. So we read in the tables um, and then we do some kind of computation. So some kind of matrix multiplication until we can, our uh, iteration converges. Uh, in Mahout, we have an embedded uh, domain specific language in Scala. Uh, and here we have this lazy evaluation. So rather than doing the program compilation where we look at the whole scope, um, we can look at parts of the, um, of the graph or of the execution um, of the, yeah, I mean, typically it's, it's translated into a graph. So we can look at multiple um, statements at a time and see if we can do some optimization in here. And you can see this is basically Scala code um, that then will be translated with some, some additions 
essentially. And that will then be translated directly into Scala code and executed. And then um, here we have an example of TensorFlow, and this is an embedded domain-specific language in Python. And uh, here again, we have laser and eager evaluation. So here we would start a TensorFlow session, then specify specific TensorFlow data types, and at a certain point, say session run, which then executes the, um, would trigger the evaluation later on. On the other end, we, we said we have these libraries. Um, so this a, a library is typically a, a fixed algorithm implementation. So for if we have a library, then we need an implementation for each algorithm that we want to use. And of course, this can be on top of existing linear algebra or UDF abstractions. So typical Python libraries will then use some kind of uh, NumPy um, libraries again to not reinvent all these matrix multiplications, for example. And uh, so then an example would be scikit-learn. And so then in scikit-learn, for example, we have a linear regression and that uses uh, stuff from NumPy. And uh, so with um, this basically means, okay, we, we load the data, we do our linear regression based on how we parameterize it. And another example would be MLLib uh, in Spark or Spark ML. So here again, you can see the same thing, right? Rather than defining the, um, the linear regression by individual operators, we have a linear regression um, operator or linear regression function that we can use. And then we have frameworks and for deep learning, for example, we have uh, specific frameworks. So um, these are language abstractions for deep uh, neural networks. And uh, so on the one hand for the construction and then for the model fitting. And here I have two examples with Kaffee and Keras. So in Kaffee, uh, for example, I can specify these different um, neural network layers and then add them next to each other. So here uh, we have convolutions, for example, and activation layers, and we specify how large these layers should be. And we add them um, all together in order to get the kind of model that we want. And Keras is like, then uh, we can use the optimization in Keras, or like in Keras, we can do an optimizer um, where we define um, the type of model and then compile the model and fit the model. And there's this is kind of high level uh, deep learning frameworks where we have all these abstractions. And then we also have low level deep learning frameworks like TensorFlow, MXNet, where we can even more fine grained uh, define how the individual layers, etc., would look like. Or, um, but of course, they also offer some higher level abstractions. And each of these somehow, um, of course, like overlap. So we cannot really have very hard boundaries to say, okay, this is only this kind of system. We saw this with system ML, right? System ML does different kinds of distributions, does different kinds of data types, etc. And then finally, we have some future-centric tools. So besides these general frameworks, they can do sort of all kinds of machine learning. We have tools that are there for specific um, tasks. 
So we have, for example, diff and I will only give three examples, but of course there are many different. So deep dive would be one example um, that's there for knowledge-based construction. So we said um, yeah, getting the data, preparing the data is kind of this very costly um, first step. And here the idea is that we use SQL and uh, then can uh, build some, some SQL or use some SQL queries to build a knowledge base. And so we, we, the, the user specifies some, some SQL queries and then uh, there's statistical inference in order to figure out similar connections uh, that were specified by the user. And then we can do incremental maintenance via sampling and um, build a larger and larger uh, knowledge base uh, that we then can use for our, mo uh, for our model training. We have systems like Overton uh, from Apple, um, that's just for monitoring and improving machine learning type um, pipelines. So here uh, we have tasks and payloads, and we're using machine learning to improve uh, the machine learning pipelines. And uh, so, yeah, and, and um, then uh, finally, we also have uh, systems that, that sort of uh, abstract um, from these low level models or uh, have like from smaller uh, deep learning models, but use the, the, the models as, um, as building blocks. So we said, okay, say for example, uh, Cafe lets you build like an individual deep learning model and uh, with all these different layers. And here Ludwig would then just use these models and combine them in one way in order to get a certain additional or to uh, solve an additional task. So here, for example, we want to do an um, image and text classification. So we want to use both uh, inputs um, say we have an image that has some tags or something like that, or like a uh, newspaper article with an image, then we can input both and concat the output, uh, use a, a binary classifier. And what Ludwig does is really this high level combination. So the ResNet is a building block. So this is one deep learning model and the LSTM is another kind of deep learning model. And so this is a already a big model internally, um, but we're just using it as a building block and concatenate these results. And so we can specify this on a high level. And with that, um, we'll look into a bit more detail of some of the internals of system ML in the next video. <laughs>